Hi everyone, this is Haley from Inside Scientific, the online environment for life science webinars, virtual events, interviews, and educational content that helps you do your best work. In today's episode of Expert Answers, I talked to Dr. Kaushik Subramanian, a postdoc researcher from the Max Planck Institute, and Professor Volker Ensman, research director in the Department of Ophthalmology at the University of Bern on the subject of vision research. In this discussion, they answer questions about their respective work using a newly developed automated system to measure vision based on the optomotor reflex. Let's jump in. So our first question of the day is for you, Volker. Is the optomotoric or optomotoric reaction comparable to the optokinetic reflex? Yes, under normal circumstances, they are comparable, as I just mentioned in my talk. So, but I would like to add uh, a quick explanation of that. So the optokinetic reflex or the OKR refers to compensatory eye movements, while the optomotor reflex or OMR refers to compensatory head movements. However, if the ocular muscles involved in the OKR are degenerated, the compensatory eye movement could, could be different from the head movement. Hmm. Okay, Thomas, this next one is actually for you. Can all mouse lines be assessed with the optomotor measurements? Yes, in principle they can, but there are some exceptions. For example, the mouse line DBA2 J, that, that is a model to study glaucoma. For that mouse line, some studies find that me, these mice simply do not have an optomotor reflex, independent of their retinal phenotype. But this finding is inconsistent between different labs, so there may well be subtypes of DBA2J mice with and without the ability to have an optomotor reflex. I think this highlights the importance uh, to have a good control in each study that shows that your phenotypic observation, for example, the lack of optomotor reflex, is really associated with the objective of your study. The other example are albino mice. Here, the data is also inconsistent between studies. Some studies find that they do not have an optomotor reflex. Other studies find that they do have the reflex, but reversed. They reflexively move their heads in the wrong direction opposite of the moving stripe pattern. This is due to a mistake in axonal crossing at the optic chiasm. Again, this shows the importance to have a proper control. So in the optodrum, you can measure the optomotor reflex of all mice. But as the examples I mentioned above show, is that the absence of the motor reflex in a specific mouse line may reflect a biological deficit that may not be related to your primary research question. Okay, Holger, we're going back to you for this one. What are the advantages, or sorry, what are the disadvantages of manual versus automo automatic OMR measurements? Okay, I just would like to mention two. The, the first one is when you do manually observation, the, the experimenters actually have to be trained quite extensively because it is not so easy to distinguish between the reflexes you would like to measure and compensatory movements of the whole animal. And second, an experienced observer has 
as I said, experience. And that means uh, even when the experimenter is blinded, he or she become biased during the measurements and somehow can already by looking at the animals and their movement can anticipate the expected outcome. Right. So this is a bit of a situational question. So the, the person would like to know, or they've stated, in my studies, I only treat one eye and the other eye serves as a control. Thomas, can this be assessed with the optomotor reflex? Uh, yes, this is possible. Maybe I give some background if you would if you would yeah. stimulate only the right eye with a moving stimulus, you would observe that the optomotor reflex is only triggered for a stimulus motion towards the left, but not triggered for a stimulus motion toward the right. The same but opposite would happen if you only stimulate the left eye. Of course, in normal experiments, both eye of the animal see the stimulus at the same time. But still then the optomotor movement to the left is triggered because the stimulus is seen by the right eye and vice versa. Uh, the reason for this is that in rodents, the responsible brain circuit, circuits, which include the accessory optic system or AOS, they are wired up in a monolateral fashion. So in the optodrum, you can independently analyze the reflex in the two directions. So, so yes, you can, if you only treat one eye, and the other eye serves as control, you can draw independent conclusions for each eye by analyzing the optomotor behavior separately separately for stimulus motion in different directions. Great. Kaushik, this one's for you. I have a question regarding the nuclear inversion project. If optics are better, why is the nuclear adaptation not found in diurnal mammals? That's a very interesting and intriguing question. As one aspect of the advantage that we see for nuclear inversion and the subsequent improvement of vision, it is exclusive for nocturnal mammals and the small increases in contrast may not be relevant for diurnal animals where there is sufficient amount of light such that circuitry can compensate for any contrast loss. This is definitely been established in other studies that there are con contrast compensatory mechanisms uh, available. And secondly, if such an adaptation has to exist for diurnal mammals, it might actually be counterproductive because uh, making a change in the way DNA is packed or DNA is organized has shown to have effects in terms of repair mechanisms that exist in the cells. So broad photoreceptors are prone to easy degeneration because of this compacted uh, DNA structure. So these two reasons could contribute to the diurnal mammals not having such an adaptation. Okay. And on that, Thomas, can scotopic measurements be measured or sorry, be performed with the optodrum? Uh, yes, we, we do offer everything that is needed to do scotopic measurements in the form of, uh, we call it a scotopic kit that is available as an optional accessory item. Wonderful. Volker, does the extent of retinal damage influence the measurement method of choice? Yes, it definitely does. So in general, you could, could say as larger the damage, as easier it is to measure the functional effects. And vice versa, a smaller focal damage, 
damage in the retina needs to be more quantified with more sensitive and especially locally circumscribed methods. Okay. And actually, in the interest of time, we are going to make this question our last question. How do you make sure the animal stays on the platform? Thomas, maybe you can start and then I might ask for some feedback also from Kashik and Volker. Well, interestingly enough, animals usually do stay on the platform, but there are certain factors that support this. First, if an animal is well handled, in general well handled, it is much calmer and is way more likely not to be jumpy and, and thereby jumping off the platform. Secondly, it also helps that the optodrum opens at the front, not at the top. And placing an animal on the platform from the front also reduces stress and the animal can get used uh, to the new environment more quickly. And the other thing that happens when uh, animals are being tested, different animals are being tested in the same arena. They're, of course, very sensitive to urine smell, etc., from previous animals that we're in. And the front door makes it so much easier to clean the arena, which helps to keep the animals calm. Okay. Volker, can you share any best practices from, from your work? Yeah, of course, I have actually two personal tips. I mean, first of all, it helps to place the animal on the platform without showing a stimulus the day before, even if it is just for two minutes. And then secondly, in our experience, to do the measurements in the morning instead of the afternoon is also very helpful to uh, measure more, uh, to measure faster and more reliably. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Expert Answers and that you will tune into future episodes where researchers just like you answer questions about their work, offer tips, tricks, and best practices, but most of all, share science. Don't forget to subscribe.